Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, it is Miami Hate Week. So for those of you with small children in the car or your you know older family members, please, we want to apologize because it'll be a little more, I guess, off the cuff, as you would say, a little more aggressive. So with that being said, Dave, start us off. Miami. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and in the stream yard today, I have Mr. David Wise and a special guest that will be joining us in a few moments, but Dave, How's it going, my guy? Drake, I'm great. Miami. All right, let's not abuse that. Let's not abuse that because we do, you know, it is kind of loud in my ears because I'm going to be editing this later. I know our fan base, you know, they're going to be listening in, to they it love in it. the car. In the phone. I mean, of course, they love it, but uh, yo, you need to turn that a little bit down because it's hurting my ears. But, folks, as always, thank you guys for making Locked on Seminoles your first listen each and every single day and making us basically your one stop shop for everything Florida State Seminoles fo- sports football. Sports football, great word. Off to a great start, Andres. So, Dave, it is hate week. Yes. We're not George Tech has been closed. Where do you want to begin with this? We're talking about this today. We're having Max on in a few moments. Then we're also going to be having Trey Rolling on tomorrow. And then also we're having Alex Donald later in the week. So Dave, where do you want to go first from a mac from a uh, macro level with this uh, with this game? Okay. I think how we should start this is by talking about how bad Miami is. I, I think that's a good starting point. Um Drake. Miami isn't really good at much. Um they have some discrete areas they're good at, but you can go on and you can search whatever database, whatever measurement or category you want of Miami football. And it's going to tell you they're bad. Uh, If you go look at football outsiders, which I I and a lot of other people prefer uh, 71st in the country, 76th on offense, 55th on defense. Not surprising. Um, There's, there's so many things about that team that are exploitable. Um, it just lends itself to Florida State having its way with that team. It really does. And I don't say this just like as a fan, which obviously I am, and as a hater of Miami, which I obviously am for so many reasons. Um, but this is the kind of game where you're playing a team that is among the worst in the country in first quarter and first half scoring. Um, and you're talking about a Florida State team that is great at first quarter and first half scoring. So this is a game where you can go out there early, impose your will against a team that really doesn't have an awful lot to play for. Like their goal this season is bowl eligibility. I'm not going to lie. That's a familiar place for us, for a lot of our fans. Um, but that's not, that, that's not where this team is. This Florida state team is that's where that Miami team is, which is regressed in year one under Mario Cristobal, big shocker there. Um, and like I said, the, the big takeaway here is I, I could read you off a hundred stats right now that should, that would tell you why this Florida state team is so well equipped to beat Miami. But the bottom line is you can and should jump out early on that team, which is exactly what happened a couple of years ago when they jumped out early on us and it snowballed. This is, I'm not going to say we're going to beat them 52 to 10, but what I am going to tell you is that this is a matchup that Florida state is very well equipped to take advantage of. So I do agree with that. I think this is a Miami team that you can definitely see is struggling offensively. Yep. I 
with the with Tyler Van Dyke being going down before the Virginia game, you did see in the previous two games before he was had 400 yards passing in each, each of those games. You did see, see something start clicking as they went a little more up tempo, similar to the Red Lashley offense and scheme that he ran. Not not the scheme, but like sort of the pace that he ran basically when Red Lashley was there in the past few years. But overall, with Jake Garcia back there, I think that's more of the issue, right? The offensive line is down several starters. I think Zion Nelson is out for the remainder of the season. The interior is also down several starters from the beginning of camp. So it's overall, it is mainly also the weapons and the supporting cast around the quarterback is definitely stifling and hindering this Miami offense, which already was having issues under a new scheme with Josh Gass, who, quite frankly, has been running an archaic scheme that could rival Jimbo Fisher's offensive game plan, if we're being completely honest here. So overall, to me, it goes down to basically there's no one around Tyler Van Dyke or even Jake Garcia to kind of supplement them overall in the game. Yeah, and and we talked about this before before we started recording, and it's a stat that surprised you. Um, it didn't surprise me, but Miami is 93rd in the country in opposing passer rating at 140.4. If you just saw what Jordan Travis did last week, again. He is clearly developing as a passer against lesser teams like Miami is. He He's capable of doing that to you. It, it was more difficult during that three-game stretch because we were playing, I think, the three of the best teams on our schedule. And that's a big difference. That's going to make you, it's going to make your job harder as a passer. It's It shouldn't against a team that's playing so poorly in terms of how uh, effective opposing quarterbacks are are able to be against them. Jordan Travis is poised to really, really make a statement in this game against an extremely vulnerable defense. It, it's extremely vulnerable, especially towards the back end. And also, I think, right. Dave, you you shared it with us today when, uh, our, in our group chat where they're down to four linebackers. Now, granted, we've been down to four linebackers all season long, so, you know, welcome to, welcome to the club. But that's going to be very interesting to see kind of how we utilize players o- across the middle, whether it be a Johnny Wilson or even, I think, Marcus and Douglas or one of the favorite seam routes that I think Max will come on here and discuss a little bit where is Cam McDonald and also uh, Marcus and Douglas basically trying to make those catches overall. We haven't connected yet, but that's something that should be actually in the wings sooner than later. I'm looking forward to seeing an awful lot of Michael Pittman running over the middle. It's going to be a fun day. Oh, it's going to be a great day. But you know it's also a great day, Dave? I can't wait to hear it. When LinkedIn Jobs finds you the people that you need, LinkedIn Jobs, folks, is these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes poker match or whether it be a wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and, most importantly, for free. Dave, you've you've used LinkedIn Jobs before, correct? I have, Drake. Um, I'm an attorney. I work in a law firm, and I do some of our hiring. And... Finding out where to post a job listing is not easy. Attracting candidates to your job listing that you actually want to vet and interview is not easy. And it's a lot harder to do when you're looking for something for free. All of those things LinkedIn does, it's free. It allows you to post job listings on a place where at this point, everybody in the workforce is, everybody's on LinkedIn. So it's going to attract candidates that are more suited to your position. That's what it did for us and highly recommend. And folks, if you can see Dave's face right now, you don't know him personally. Him being probably someone that's interviewing you for a job is low-key kind of terrifying, if we're being honest with you. But thankfully, LinkedIn Jobs is there to help him out with that because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free, for free, and as always, for the free. And as always, 
Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, so we've teased our special guest, you know, without further ado, let's bring him back on here. You all, as you know him, as one of our best friends. And spoiler alert, going to be a groomsman at my wedding. we got Mr. Maximus Mudicus. What's going on, Max? What is up, guys? Uh, I'd like to apologize ahead of time. I'm not at the really cool seminal executive brief desk, which you can see over there. Some folks want a little BTS. Um, I am at my desk because I can't talk about Miami and Florida State, especially the way they sit now without my spreadsheet in front of me, because some of these stats are incredible. And I don't want to say like, hey, I'm, you know, I, here's the thing. No one wants to be that LSU guy, right? Like that everyone just Twitter bash because he was like, oh, this team's not good, whatever, whatever that we win. But with Miami, so I'm willing Dave, to take Dave, that the entire, risk. The, the entire segment before you got in here, yeah, right? And, and, I'm, and I'm willing to take that risk because I was listening to y'all talk for a second, and here's my favorite stat of everything. I don't have to get too nerdy for this. Miami is 115th in defensive explosiveness. So that is allowed by offenses. They're 115th. Florida State is currently 13th in the nation in offensive explosiveness. It's pretty incredible. Uh, that is a recipe to take the top off that defense. Like it's a 73 Corvette. And I just love to see that kind of mismatch, especially with the receivers that we have that can, as Dave talked about, attack the middle and then being down to four linebackers. Yeah, there there's <laughs> that, that is an incredible stat. Um, this team is well-suited for explosiveness, this Florida State team. We've all seen it this year. We have we saw what Johnny Wilson did in that last game. I think he had, what, three catches for over 100 yards? So the, the explosiveness has been there on the in the air. The explosiveness has been there on the ground, even without Trajan Ward. Um, it, look, this is, this is the thing. That team has no soul right now. They have no will and they have no soul, that Miami team. So if you take them out of the game early, all 14 of their fans are going to be out of the game. It's going to turn into Doak South, which it already is. But you could you could see a formula for this game where you hit a couple big plays early, you bury that team, and you get to have some fun out there. You finally get to have the kids that came to Florida State to play in this game out there having fun, not eking out a victory, not having a heart, not everybody at home having a heart attack on their couch. Like Max said, that team can't defend explosiveness. I would be more worried if they could defend explosiveness but weren't great against efficient offenses because this Florida State offense can and will take the top off, and this is the perfect matchup to do it. Thank you for that, Mac. I love it. So so then the one question I kind of have asked for the both of you, then Dave will ask for you first, then Max goes second, that this defensive line actually is pretty talented. It's probably one of the better probably units actually on this Miami defense, whether it be Leonard Taylor, Akeem Messador, Daryl Jackson, the Maryland transfer. Ironically, actually, most of the players are transfers, which would be my question probably towards the end of the show. What do you actually expect our offensive line to be able to do against this defensive line? I'm, re I'm really glad you asked that question. So this is, this is an important stat to me, okay? Or an important observation, I should say. Florida State is fifth in the country in passing, according to our friends over at PFF. Whether you like them or not, we're, we're fifth in the country rated in passing over there. Guys, that is in spite of the fact that we're 90th in pass blocking, okay? In running, they have us rated as the 11th best running team in the country. We're actually better at run blocking this year than probably a lot of people think. They have us graded out at 41st. But the point being, this year, like last year and the year before, we've been able to do things on offense in spite of not being able to block. Last year, it was an incredible performance on the ground 
um, out of Jay Sean Corbin and uh, Trey Sean Ward, despite terrible run blocking this year. We're one of the best passing teams in the country, despite terrible pass blocking. So frankly, I'm not saying it's not going to matter. But what I am saying is this coaching staff has managed to scheme around the pass blocking issues. And Jordan Travis has stepped up in a way that the pressure hasn't affected him. He's still able to deliver the ball. He's still able to move around in the pocket. He's kind of traded that running for more mobility inside the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield this year, which has helped him transform into the passer he's becoming. And frankly, I'm not all that worried about it. They'll get a few sacks, but I don't expect that to dictate the game. Yeah. So that, yeah, I mean, that's probably right. I, the one thing I will say about this Miami team at at the risk of sounding nice, but just trying to be a bit objective is that they are good at down to down play where they've really gotten destroyed this year is what we just talked about explosiveness. So this isn't a team that we're probably going to move the ball on up and down the field. Absolutely. at will. And consistently, I do think it's going to rely on explosiveness. And when you have a good defensive line, it's what we saw against LSU. They can't stop every explosive play. Mm -hmm. So I do expect their defensive line to give us trouble. I think we are, Sorry, I don't have it well sorted right now. I think we're like 20th in the nation on standard down success rate, which is uh, or 20th in the nation on standard down PPA, which is very similar. Um, that's way better than we were last year. I, I expect us to play worse than that against this team, just given the fact that they are uh, 13th in the nation defensively against standard downs. But a defensive line, again, you can't... If your best pass defense is your defensive line you're going to lose games. And we saw that with them against Middle Tennessee State. Heck, we saw it with us last year against like Clemson when our best pass defense was a guy who's now playing in the NFL and he couldn't tackle the quarterback every single time, although he did mm-hmm. almost win that Clemson game for us. No, I mean, I completely agree with that. I mean, this is a Miami team that it's 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 super talented. That's kind of why we've been harping on the fact that this team should have been Super's better. a strong word. It's like mm-hmm. better than they're playing. I don't know if I'll give them super talented. Okay, okay. They're 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 better than they're they're not playing up to their expectations. That's why I think a lot of people were like they see the coastal schedule that they had. This team, quite honestly, should probably may have one loss overall if we're being completely transparent here, and maybe even not have that loss to UNC. So to me, looking at overall, you have a defensive line, then you have also James Williams as well, Corey Flag, Cameron Kitchens. They have pieces around, but like you're saying, if you I think Mike Novell and Alex Lackers need to look at the Middle Tennessee State blueprint because that's basically how you're able to just explosive play after explosive play after explosive play. So to me, like Dave is saying, I think Micah Pittman, Johnny Wilson, and I wouldn't be surprised Trayshon Ward's going to be back for this game as well. And I think you'll see maybe see Deuce Spann's first touchdown because that kid's going to basically be, I think it's going to be an X-factor for this game. Now, before yeah. we go over to the break, one question I do want to ask before I forget is we've always talked about how this game is basically, it's a little bit different because it's a rivalry game. But more importantly, these, these kids on each team grew up playing each other from Pop Warner, middle school, high school, all this sort of thing. Majority of players on this team, and most majority of the stars on both these teams, are transfers and particularly aren't from the area. Do you think that still kind of is a thing kind of between the two of these teams because they don't have sort of that sort of a camaraderie or the rivalry between the two? I I don't think you come play at Florida State unless you either have in you from birth or from childhood that hatred for Miami, or you're willing to accept that into your life and let that be your gospel. Uh, because let me tell you this, if there's a few kids in that locker room who it, just didn't grow up with that fire of this rivalry in their heart, 
I got a really hard time believing they're not going to see everybody else out there and see the flags waving at practice and hear the coaches. Like, the coaches aren't going to go out there and tell the players, this game's more important, you have to treat this game differently. I'm sure that's not what's happening. But I am sure that those players in that locker room, especially those that grew up with this rivalry, uh, are taking it at more seriously than anything in the world, and that players take notice of that. So I'm not at all worried about the transfers getting up for this game. This is going to sound kind of weird. But I've thought about this a lot. I kind of hope that this game is no different than any other game for them. Like, I understand that's not the reality, but do you really want your players to have one game that they just get up more than every other game? No, I kind of want you to play all 12 games like you're trying to win the game by a million points. I mean, I, I don't know. I Here's the thing. I think most this football players... asked this question because I knew Max would say that. I I, yeah, I think most football players are pissed off dudes who like a reason to fight, and that's why they want to go make millions of dollars getting in 60-minute-long legal fights every weekend. Like, you have to have a bit of a screw loose to play D1 college football. You just do. Like, you're not, you know, you have something going on, and it's a good thing. We like to watch it. We like that characteristic. But do I think they use the rivalry as an excuse to maybe let some of that out? Yes. Do I think that these kids actually prepare that much harder for any one game of the season. I kind of have to tell myself no, because otherwise, why aren't you training that hard for the other 11 games? Now, that being said, their fans are probably going to be meaner to our players than anyone else's fans are. So that probably while they're on the sidelines does add an element to it. But yeah, let's move on over to the next thing. But before we do that, folks, we have a friend, a friend of the show here. Our friends over at bet online. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting football. And also the start of the new basketball season. And since Max is on here, Max, do you want to take part in a wager or are you good for that right now? Sure. Let's do it. Oh, okay. Let me put the overlay up real quick. Oh, wrong one. There we go. Let me move this over real quick. So Max, Max, for those of you who don't know, don't know, is a very, very big, what's the world looking for here, Dave? He is a Pat Fitzgerald Northwesterner truther. Yes. He, that is probably his second team other, other besides the Penn State Nitty Lions. Arguably so Max, Northwestern travels sorry ohio state travels to northwestern and right now northwestern is a plus 38 and a half point underdog now pat fitzgerald my personal opinion is very very close to potentially being fired so do you want to take the point total here ride with your boy patty fitz plus 38 and a half because you did that i think several years ago one of our first shows or will you ride with the total here at 59 and a half What's the uh it's fifty nine and a half? Yes, sir. Okay. Score that. Oh, we're live, so I have to go kind of fast. Okay. Sorry, I wasn't ready for gambling questions. I, yeah, I mean I just my, my instinct tells me that, you know, Ohio State could probably score that themselves. So um I I'm probably just gonna take the point total so I don't have to get bet against Patty Fitz because y'all know I have a uh I have a rule about that. Um but yeah, that's Man, that's a tough one. That's that's what a projected f- score of forty nine to ten. And that doesn't sound lopsided. That doesn't sound lopsided enough. So I'm probably gonna, I'd probably take Ohio State in this. If I'm being honest with myself. Yeah. And folks, if you oh, do you have, you have a little comment on that? Or you yeah, best one in seven team in the country, but that's that's not too many points. Ohio State's gonna do some things yeah. that are gonna, aren't gonna want to watch. Yeah, and I got to think, you know, you want to talk about rivalries last thing. You got to think CJ Stroud's probably getting a little annoyed about the dude down in Tennessee getting all the Heisman hype, right? Like, he probably wants to make a point and throw for quite a, quite a few touchdowns after only having one last week. 
Yeah, he might throw for the equivalent of what Miami has thrown all season long. So, folks, ride with Max in basically his sad, gloomy depression when it comes to Pat Fitzgerald because this will definitely be a swan song. Take Ohio State at minus 38 and a half. Jeez, that's a large number. Or also take the over because, like Max said, most likely C.D. Stroud will he want to prove a point to help his Heisman odds and take the over at 59 and a half at Ben Line because Ben Line is where the game starts. Okay, gentlemen, now we're at the end of the show. And one of the things I want to do here, one of our favorite shows, it is always Sunday in Philadelphia. So I want to talk about one thing that Dave loves to talk about when it comes to games like this. I want to talk about the, what the implications would be for this game going down to the Doak South, going down to University of Coral Gables, and ensuring a victory. David, discuss with us the implications of a win against Miami. Well, there's a really obvious one here, uh, and it has nothing to do with the field right or the players on the field right now. Um, Miami, for just inexplicable reasons that don't make sense to me, uh, Miami's recruiting well. Uh, it's about all Mario Cristobal can do well as a coach, uh, and that he is doing. Uh, they have momentum. They're looking good for in-state talent, which is something we here at Florida State would love to be doing. Um, and that needs to be slowed down. And the fact that their just terrible season so far hasn't slowed that down is confusing, but if that continues to snowball, like if you go out here and just beat the hell out of this Miami team and embarrass them on primetime TV, you're welcome, Miami. Um, look, eventually that's going to have an effect. Eventually it's going to become a hard sell and the negative recruiting is going to become as easy as it's ever been against Miami. Um, that needs to happen. I mean, of course we want to win and blow them out and be able to talk crap all off season. Of course we want that. Got to slow that recruiting down because we need to be picking up the pace. I think there are no better implications than just getting to have another year of being better than Miami. Like they're, they're, look, I, I'm happy for them that they keep winning off season championships. It's a lot of fun. It really is. I mean, they're Twitter fans. They they love to go on Twitter and they just talk and talk and it's hilarious because you know it's odd that if you're a Florida State fan, you beat Miami. I wonder if we get to enjoy it as much as they do because we actually do get annoyed when you point out like, "Hey, we beat you in football." It pisses us off. Yeah. Them the the minute this game's over, it's almost like they they flush it and they're just like, "Oh, but next year, next year we're gonna beat you." And I know that until I don't. It's like the hell guys it's not how it's supposed to work another reason why i just hate that fan base um but yeah no you're right dave i mean the the twitter battle right now is all about recruiting i'm sorry i i couldn't give less of a crap about recruiting rankings on 11 2022 when we're playing miami this weekend and yet that's all their fan base is talking about so i i don't know the implications are we're superior to them the only thing i will say dave i and drake too i don't I am firmly in the camp now that recruiting has nothing to do with anything but NIL money if you're a school like Miami. Like Miami, Texas A&M, Texas, somewhat Alabama, but championships there, probably Tennessee. Kids go there for one reason. Like I, I don't think kids are that fired up to go to Miami or not based on the result of one rivalry game. I just I don't I don't think that will impact them as much as $150,000 a year at the age of 19, which unfortunately due to the world's uh, least endowed billionaire, uh, as his Twitter bravado would suggest, 
they can write those checks at the moment. So I, I, don't, I don't know if it has much of a recruiting implication anymore, as sad as that is, but it will be fun for us fans. No, I'll be, I mean, it'll be, it'll be a good time. And, and that definitely does play a part in it. I mean, we saw that Miami did just land a Kamari McLean, and you do see kind of how the team overall is struggling. But we, there one thing that, you know, Dave did say, he does give Mario Cristobal credit that he actually is a very solid recruiter. And he if you look at the staff, especially off, all along the offensive line, they have put players in the NFL, and ultimately the end game for a lot of these five-star kids, there's a reason why there's only 32 of them, because 247 ranks them as the first 32 picks in the NFL draft. So that definitely is part of it, but, that, but especially now, it's definitely part of the equation. The implication for me here, I think, is primarily is that this is a first-year head coach. This is a first-year head coach who is struggling in obviously the one of the worst divisions among the Power Five, and I think it's something that you need to demo, you need to make a huge statement and actually probably not only beat this Miami team but play a complete football game from start to finish. Because if Mark Darvell finds a finds a way, because to me it's, it's you have to find a way to lack execution to lose his game. That will look really, really poorly amongst yourself and the fan base if you lose to this Miami team, especially. I was just gonna say that's that's the other thing. This this is one of the worst Miami teams of the last um, forty years, maybe. And they'll tell you that too, honestly. It, it really <laughs> is. It's one of the worst Miami teams of the last forty years, with their Lord and Savior coming in as their coach. Um, Super Mario. Super Mario. Super Mario has done absolutely nothing. This would be such a sting to lose to this pathetic hapless useless embarrassing miami team just can't see that happen not only do you have to win you need to make their players cry or just quit honestly transfer and quit go to akron i I don't know go to miami of ohio the better miami that's what i need to see yeah man this it is funny you say that because we are almost in a position now where it's so much worse to lose this game than it is rewarding to win this game that it's like I mean, don't get me wrong, I always want to win the game, but it gets a little more stressful when it's that situation because losing to LSU wouldn't have been that much fun, but like we we wouldn't have, after a few hours, really been all that upset about it. Now, the way we lost, if they'd gone to overtime, different, but you know what I mean? Just if that game plays out and it's a 28-21 game, you're like, hey, good team, we're rebuilding still, whatever. This is a team you lose to. It's like, oh my gosh, what the hell just happened? Like, I don't think I'd put it up there with Jacksonville State, but I would probably put it up there with like Georgia Tech 2015. Like it would probably be that level of a loss to me where it's like just no excuse to lose this one, right? I just, I, or NC State probably 2012 almost. Like it's, it's one of those kind of losses if you lose this thing. And you get you to yeah. bowl eligibility. We haven't even mentioned that. Uh, no, I don't I mean, that's not the goal this season, but my God, is that rewarding. That'll be rewarding in the basis for the rest of the way. You basically, if you beat this Miami team, quite frankly, you have a much much easier path to five and zero, which will lead us to basically being a what was it overall like a nine and three record. And yeah. to me, that's something that yeah. will be huge, and that will do wonder wonders for recruiting. But folks, that's all the time that we have for today because Dave has a hard stop at eight twenty five. Maximus, it's great seeing you as always. Please let the folks know where they can follow you and follow your work, folks. Thank you for letting me be here. Uh, Make sure y'all check out the Seminole Executive Brief. That is my uh, 10-minute short-form show that I bring to y'all three times a week. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at MaxMoody17. You can find the Seminole Executive Brief on TikTok as well. Um, You know, I try to to put out some content for y'all there too. So, uh, guys, again, thanks for having me. Really, uh, really love being here. It's always a blast. We I know we love TikToks. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, those TikToks are actually are really. I'll really, keep. Really I'll keep taking if y'all keep talking. You know what I'm saying? Keep t- keep talking. <laughs>
God, you still can't oh, dance. God. Dave, send yep. the folks home with the podcast and YouTube instructions before I, start, before I had to come off. <laughs> Guys, you know where to find the podcast because you're listening to it. Or if you're not, you can find it anywhere you get your podcast. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play. For the YouTube, please like the video. This was a good one, I think. If you didn't like it, like it anyways. Why not? You're already there. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Ding the little bell at the top. Turn on your notifications. It'll let you know when our episodes drop. And please, of course, leave us a comment. What are your opinions on what we have said today? What did we get wrong? What were we so right about? And as always, Miami. As always, as always, Miami. And for Dave, for Max, this was Drake. And we'll see you all next time at Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. And RIP takeoff. <laughs>